1: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
3: 971 FM
1: Talk. On Demand Audio.
3: Uh, We have former Senator Talent on deck. He's coming up in just a couple of minutes. I did want to emphasize one story, though, that I have not given attention to today. A big, big win, I would say, for conservatives and certainly for Ron DeSantis. And here's the story. This is even from the lefty publication, The Washington Post. Amid attacks from DeSantis, AP African-American studies course is updated. Um, The subheadline is the College Board denies that it watered down the course after criticism from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. But guess what? the College Board did water it down. You know why? Because some of this stuff should not have been in there. So the story reads this way. After a long debate on how to construct a class focused on the black experience, the College Board on Wednesday finalized a plan for its new advanced placement course in African-American studies that seeks to immerse students in black history and culture without shying from fraught topics of race and racism in a way that until now has been mostly available on college campuses. So This is where they get into the claim that they deny any suggestion that it watered down the course after Ron DeSantis got involved and attacked the draft as progressive indoctrination, but... As the Post points out, the 234-page document now omits a mention of certain left-leaning figures who appeared in previous versions. Gone, for instance, Kimberley Crenshaw, a scholar and writer on civil rights and critical race theory. Angela Davis, a political activist and academic known for her membership in the Communists and the Black Panthers parties. That's great things to be teaching our youths of America. The document also, and this is why you don't even have to know anything more than this. It listed some potentially controversial topics that students might explore through independent projects. Examples include affirmative action, reparations, Black Lives Matter, and queer life and expression in black communities. So those are the things that essentially were removed from the College Board documents. But I guess they say if you want to explore those on your own, because, look, if you don't explore queer Queer um, experience in, in queer life and expression, I'm sorry, in black communities. How can you even call yourself African-American in this country? So think about that. But that is a huge win, not only for the culture, for the parents of people across this country, but certainly for Ron DeSantis. Let's go to um, former Senator Jim Talent, who's going to talk Ukraine with us. But I'd love for you to weigh in on that. that that's a victory for DeSantis, wouldn't you say?
4: Yeah, he's certainly shown that he knows how to be effective in exercising the powers of his office. And I think one of the reasons is if you listen to DeSantis, he understands these issues that he takes on. In other words, he's obviously capable of absorbing a lot of information quickly and then systematizing it. I know I'm I'm, I'm elevating myself almost into a philosophical realm here. But, uh, and therefore able to talk about it in a compelling way. I noticed that first with the way he handled uh, the pandemic. When he did a town hall meeting on, uh, with um, with three dissenting but very, very credible scientists, uh, including Martin Koldorf and um, Jay Bhattacharya, and then YouTube took it down. But it was a 90-minute town hall he did with them where he had clearly – This was in the summer of 2020, really come to understand the issues that were at stake, and Florida benefited from it.
3: You know, the the one thing that I said, and I saw some other people write about this, and I don't think that this— Happened with this, but if you, if you're going to have some of the communists and the the left-leaning uh, leaders and you know people with the Black Panthers sided and in, in trying to educate these kids, why not at the very least? And boy, this was a bridge too far. Have opposing voices, opposing African American voices, like Glenn Lowry and others. Glenn Lowry has been brilliant on this issue of race, really kind of blowing up the narrative that many people on the left have when it comes to race relations in this country. Why not have him represented or some of the other folks at Thomas Sowell, for example, Jim, that could present a different, but they won't do that, will they?
4: Yeah, because the object is to indoctrinate kids in a a really unbalanced view of American history and current American society as well, And uh, the flavor of this is to look at everything through a very extreme racialized lens. When this country is about, I mean, the ideal of this country is based on the organic worth of people as individuals. So what we should be trying to do is to look at people insofar as we can without regard to race. And critical race theory is exactly the opposite. That's all it sees. It reduces people to that one identity marker. And that demeans their humanity. It's really, it's wrong. And it's really dangerous.
3: It and is dangerous, I'm glad you yeah. got rid of it. I, I am too. And you know, this not the, the thing is there's so much nonsense in the coverage of this. And one of the things that frustrated me, even the Washington Post story probably included if you just Google stories on this from the last month or two when DeSantis got involved, you would not be able to find any specifics of what was being deemed by DeSantis and the folks in Florida as indoctrination because no one really wanted to go forward with the curriculum. They didn't want to show you what was in this. That's why he had to come forward and say, Look, some of this stuff is about queer life and expression in black communities. Maybe that has a place somewhere else, but not in the College Board advanced placement course on African-American studies. Let's leave that for somebody else, right? Maybe not high school. So he makes legitimate questions and concerns about this. But when the media covered this, Jim, they didn't want to get into any of that. They just wanted to portray this. And the Washington Post did this story about a professor down there that was worried about, you know, taking his uh, class to the site of lynchings that he had done for many years. There's nobody that I know that is encouraging professors, high school teachers, to not teach about the Tulsa race riot, to not teach about lynchings. All of that is horrifyingly acceptable because it happened in this country. It's the indoctrination part that we were worried about.
4: Yeah, and the extreme imbalance. To say, yeah. for example, as they, as they said in that series in the New York Times, that the American Revolution was fought to protect slavery. It's nonsense. It's simply wrong. It is I mean, wrong. It's, and
3: it's, now you got that, by the way, now you got that on Hulu. Historical.
4: The, the the principles under which the revolution uh, was fought and which were announced in the Declaration of Independence was were the principles by which we got rid of slavery. Okay, I mean, all I got to do is know anything about Lincoln and his constant reference to the Declaration because it opens up saying the old these truths to be self evident uh, that all men are created equal and in what sense the, the, that they have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness because of the organic value of the individual human being, regardless of race or ethnicity. That was the principle in which it was fought and for which it was fought. And you are correct that it it took a long time, too long, uh, to make that principle real for people. That's the sin of the country, not the founding principles. It's one of the reasons I um, always—I never understood refusing uh, to salute the flag. In other words— the flag stands for, the country stands for, its ideals stand for, uh, uh, the principles according to which we were able to get rid of those of the things that these people say that that they don't like and that none of us like. Okay, But again, this tremendous imbalance directed at kids who don't have the experience in life to recognize, in many of them, that they're being indoctrinated
3: and And I'm really concerned about the long-term consequences of that coming off uh, a poll that I saw a couple of weeks ago about the amount of Gen Z kids who actually really consider themselves patriotic or love America. I mean, the the patriotism, and I'd be the first to admit, I think you would too. We got a lot of problems in this country over the course of history. And there were probably issues if we go back when I was in, you know, elementary school, high school in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Did we learn enough about the true American history when it came to race relations? Probably not. But that was a transformative time and we were evolving and we've evolved to the point where we had an African-American president. We still have racism that is horrific, I'd say, on all sides, even maybe against white people these days. But you move forward. But just to live in the past, I'm I'm clearly not sure. I said this last week, uh, Senator. Why aren't people from Germany uh, ostracized like everybody from Germany has to be a bad person because of the Nazis, right? I mean it happened, so why not tag every person of German heritage with the hor- horrific atrocities of the Holocaust? Well, we don't do that, but we do it with white people in America, don't we?
4: Well, and part of critical race theory is teaching people that if you're white, you're you you have this evil in, in you. Inherently okay? evil. It's yeah, it's re-racializing it's just, it's just turning it around and doing it to a different race. I mean, it's, it, and it's wrong for all the reasons racism is wrong, chief among which is that it reduces really complex, valuable people of tremendous dignity because of their humanity down to one identity marker. And if you're going to do the worst identity marker to pick is race because it's irrelevant 99% of the time and because it's so divisive to reduce people to the color of their skin. It, it really bothers me because of my age. I mean, I, you know, I was young during uh, the 60s and the Civil Rights Revolution, and we were all in agreement at that point that what we try to do, we can't do it entirely, but we try to act without regard to race and see people as people, okay? And that's really what's offensive about this. And then for it to be done under the guise of anti-racism, it's hypocritical. Which is one thing I think that the you know the old racists weren't at least they were upfront about what they were. So yeah, I mean DeSantis is doing the right thing. I think you're going to see other states following suit.
3: I hope and, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a absolutely for him.
4: Look, I I have a great deal of admiration for him. I think he's highly skilled. Um, he he knows how to to use the powers of his office effectively and to use the power of ideas effectively, and that's that's the kind of leader we need.
3: Former Senator Jim Talent is with us. You and I have been talking. Well, we've known each other for a long time, but we have been talking about this invasion of the Ukraine almost a year. It was February 24th. I just cross checked that. And we're still fighting this war, and we still don't have, you know, really an end game. And there's still questions about how much we should get involved and how many tanks we should send and how much money we should send and i'm i'm in the camp just in the effort of full disclosure that thinks that we need to have a little bit more accountability for some of this money that's being spent in ukraine but how would you assess where we are right now are we any closer to a resolution than we were say a few months ago even six months ago uh
4: well we have to wait to see we have to see what happens in the rest of this winter and in the spring i mean we're now hearing that the russians maybe, be um uh, may Gathering their forces for an offensive, I think that's going to tell a lot whether they're able to do that or whether Ukraine is able to go back on the offensive. I wrote a column, what was it, a week or two weeks ago, uh, in which I said, "Look, we got into to this war to protect American interests. Uh, in order because Russia had made itself an adversary of the United States globally, it was very much in our interest." keep them from extending their influence in Europe and to weaken the Russian state. And that's already happened. Okay. So now that the issue is the Ukraine's want their whole country back. Uh, And there are circumstances under which it's not going to be in our interest to support them indefinitely in doing it. In other words, uh, fighting this war for years on an essentially stalemated uh, battlefield is not really in our interests. So the question is, what can we give the Ukrainians in order to make, to make it worth their while to agree to less than getting their whole territory back? And I, you know, I speculated in the column we should consider admitting them to NATO. In other words, they get future security in return for not getting the Donbass back. It's not going to be that difficult because the Russian military power has been degraded so much. Ukraine's would actually be an outstanding ally. I mean, they have the most experienced fighting army in Europe now, next to the United States, the most experienced in the, in the alliance. And I think it would, it would put paid to Russian aggression and, and Russian ambitions in the future. So that's the sort of thing we should be thinking about, because I agree. I mean, if, if, uh, if, if the battlefield becomes stalemated, It's not really in anybody's interest to continue the war indefinitely. But in the meantime, we should be following through on our policy and supporting them. And, I, you know, the Biden administration is dithering and saying one month you're not going to send tanks and then you're going to send tanks. One month you're not going to send aircraft and then you're going to send aircraft. Mark, that has to be wrong. In other words, one of those two positions has to be wrong, right? because they're contradictory.
3: Well, what's up? Let me ask you a couple of specifics about what we're giving them. It, Germany and the U.S. has announced plans to give them one battery each of the Patriot Air Defense System. What exactly does that mean? What will that provide them with?
4: A, a Patriot Air Defense System is a localized or regional defense system. So one of the things they need is anti-air defenses because the Russians have been trying to take out their critical infrastructure. They basically they failed strategically. They've caused some problems, but they failed. So air defenses enables them to shoot those missiles down and protect their electricity grid and their network and the rest of it. Another thing they've needed for months and months is better armored vehicles. And we're finally sending them, Bradley fighting vehicles. And eventually, I guess, they're going to get some tanks. So, you know, that they need that as well. And then they need Uh, ammunition for their 155, the howitzers, replacement barrels, and that sort of thing. That should not be a problem for us, except we've allowed the defense industrial base to atrophy uh, so that it's difficult to ramp up production. But we might as well start doing it, because if we have any intention of defending Taiwan, they are really going to have to stockpile all this stuff, because they're going to be blockaded. If there's a war there, they'll be blockaded from day one.
3: So, and I understand the calls for more military equipment, and, you know, we have, I guess, what is it, a few dozen M1 Abrams tanks, and then the Germany, uh, Germany and some of the other countries are going to send the Leopard tanks. How, this is where I'm confused. How is, we're not going to get directly involved, right? NATO's not getting directly involved. The Ukraine's not a NATO member at this point. But how is not sending, or or how is sending greater quantities of weapons um, from the U.S. and the Allies not being deemed escalation by Putin, where there would be a response. Why? Why is Putin letting all this happen?
4: Well, because it's been our policy from the beginning and we have to structure our policy to benefit the interests of the United States not to cater to Vladimir Putin. No, 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 we and I understand
3: that, up. but I guess the question is, I wouldn't, mean, wouldn't there be, I guess friendship. I would expect a response from Putin is what I'm saying. Like if I'm Putin and I'm seeing all this action on the part of Germany and the U.S. to try to get involved in my war when Ukraine's not a NATO member, I'm going to think about how to retaliate in that sense. Does that make sense? Oh, he's,
4: yeah, he's thinking about it, but the issue is that he's been losing. In other words, his his capability to respond has been substantially degraded, because of the way he conducted the invasion i mean the the, the blunders in the opening weeks of the war will go down on the mount rushmore of strategic blunders that the, the russians committed and they're trying to reconstitute now but it's extremely difficult so we and our ally have the upper hand and we ought to push it i mean for once let's have a policy that doesn't try and snatch defeat from the jaws of victory is uh, you know is is the way i think about it and uh, we've had success to this point. In my opinion, we need to continue the policy. I also think that uh, we have to be careful uh, not to enhance our reputation for being, uh, you know, treacherous as an ally. So if we back out now uh, when things are hanging fire in country. It'll be seen just like the evacuation from Afghanistan.
3: And I understand that. It's also important
4: yeah. Well, so I understand like,
3: that, but what here's yeah. what I'd say to that. Here here and here's my concern, because we're really good at doing this. We're gonna spend all this money, we're sending billions of dollars, we got this military equipment. I don't know, there's people saying we should train, you know, Ukrainians better training, maybe to fly F-16s, et cetera. So there's drip, 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 help, 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 help. I'm an ROI guy, okay? So what is the return on investment? Because if this thing just keeps going on and dragging on, and that's seemingly where we are right now, then I think it's, it's, there's no return on investment. We gave all this money and equipment. To what end? That would be my concern. Now, if you're in really Russia ramping Russia it up—
4: Russia that is weakened, less capable, for example, of supporting China in the Indo-Pacific. They've done joint military exercises. Well, they don't have as much of a military now to exercise with them. A Russia that's lost credibility in places like the Middle East— where they're supporting Iran, Hezbollah, mm-hmm. Syria, a Russia that's made itself our adversary. And, say, I think the message we, sh- we should have sent, I doubt Biden really did it forcefully, was, well, you know what? If you don't want the United States to support Ukraine, and clearly the right is on the side of Ukraine, I mean, it's a, it's a policy that comports with our values as well as our interests. If you don't want the United States to support Ukraine, maybe you bet, ought to consider Uh, Not um, trying to kick us in the shins, and I was going to use a more earthy uh, expression there, in the Middle East, in the Far East, declaring unlimited friendship with Xi Jinping. You know what I mean? In other words, this is a way of showing that the friends of the United States get the support of the United States, and the adversaries don't. That was one of the geniuses of Trump's foreign policy. Really, it's common sense. Let's support our friends and oppose our adversaries.
3: And when I understand that, yeah. and I understand that, I think that the, the money and the um, accounting of where all the money is going is something that would still be important to me. Hey, one more question. you have any uh, confidential documents, top-secret documents in the garage or anything that you and Brenda have run across in the past couple of weeks? Well, after
4: everything that's happened, Brenda's down searching in the basement right now. But the answer is no. And uh, I am really uh, wonder how he got it when he was a senator, because I can tell you, you know, you go and view these these uh, classified documents, you do them in, in skips in special areas, and you got to hand them back when you leave. Yeah, well, when a lot
3: of questions. Yeah, a lot of questions. i got to run to another segment. Former center Jim Talent, always great to have you on. I appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. Keep me posting on the confidential documents if you would.
1: Get more at 971talk.com.